Hello everyone and welcome to uh, Ultimate Despair Reprise After Class and I have another very special guest with us. If you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey there everybody, this is Kyle Hebert and I'm the voice of Kazuichi Soda and Kaito Momota. A little bit of a double dip. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I don't know how that happened but uh, I'm thankful nonetheless. That's great, that's great. How you been Kyle? Well, you know, these are wacky times. We're surviving the zombie apocalypse, and uh, <laughs> I am—I uh, got my double dose. I'm—I uh, will consider myself fully uh, vaccinated in another week and a half or so. And uh, that's some, good to hear. Some cons are actually coming up. I'm going to be going to Anime Fest Orlando at the end of June, and some things in the fall. So I'm pretty excited to see what uh, the landscape looks like now. That's. Fantastic. Glad to hear that. I, it was so funny. I was, I was recovering from my second vaccine when I was finishing Danganronpa 2 Mm -hmm. for our podcast. (laughs) That was a heck of experience to say the least. (laughs) Yeah, I I bet. I mean, I, I, I sought out the Pfizer one because I had heard that uh, Moderna was messing with a lot of people that they were, you know, not being, not meaning hospitalized but just like they were like major flu symptoms down for the count for a couple of days and it's like ah mm-hmm. ain't nobody got time for that exactly yeah, yeah. well I, let's uh get right into it so first question i have has very little to do with dang rabbit has to do with dragon ball z actually uh so you've been the voice of gohan for a very long time and with dragon ball z kai you got this chance to revisit the character Mm-hmm. What was it like to take another pass at a character that you voiced uh, previously? Well, it was an exciting opportunity because uh, myself and a lot of the cast had since gained a lot of experience acting in other shows and games. So we almost could just direct ourselves. We we had been doing these characters for, for such a long time. Um, so this was one of that, those rare opportunities. It almost never happens where you could say, Hey, I wish I could do that again. Well, guess what? We're going to do it again. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I sometimes wish I could re-record things on the, on the podcast, but um, yeah, that is quite interesting. So, and you've been voicing Gohan for a while and you voiced him at Super as well, right? Yeah, this is, this marks year 21 of myself in the business. Dragon Ball Z was my first big role and uh, the adult version of Gohan. Yeah, all the way through Super Super, and all the games currently, you know, Kakarot and Xenoverse 2 and uh, Fighter Z or Fighters, depending on who, whatever people call it, it nowadays. It's cool. It's cooler to say Fighter, Fighter Z, but I think people just call it Fighters. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's like, hey, if they hire me, I'll call it peanut butter and jelly. Whatever. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's my job. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, were, are there any other anime roles you wish you could take a second chance at? Uh, I'm not sure. I feel pretty, pretty good about um, about what I've done. Uh mm-hmm. It's not really the matter of a character. It, it, sometimes, sometimes I wish I I was in the director's seat because your job as the actor is 
not to call the shots. That's the director's shot, you know. So if I give like three takes and they pick one that I think is maybe not so good, it's not my call. I can't there I can't sit there and challenge them. And if I do, then I'm probably not going to be working again. So <laughs> there right. there are there are times when I say, "Man, I wish I, could, I would have chosen this one. It sounds a little more grounded or this one's not so crazy or or this one's you know, whatever. But I think I think that's true of every actor. Every, everyone has opinions and you have a right to them. And the director, of course, has to default to what the client asks as well. And whether they're the American side of it or the Japanese side, sometimes, you know, uh, the studios do want to have their hand in the dub. Sometimes the casting process or the recording or or listening to the final mixes and approving them before they get sent to Cartoon Network, for example, or the streaming sure. services. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of uh, cooks in the kitchen. So I definitely respect I, I respect the process for sure. Mm-hmm. So, moving away from anime for a little bit, you are the voice of Ryu. Uh, first off, uh, congratulations on doing Ryu Ranger. Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, who'd have thunk, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, it was pretty entertaining to hear you do uh, say it's morphin time in the Ryu voice. Like, Tell I got me a, about I, it. Yeah, I got a big kick out of that. Um, but you, like you said, you also voiced Gohan for Fighter Z, and you also voiced uh, La Habrea in Final Fantasy fourteen. What is the difference in the process like when you're recording barks and speeches and hit effects and things like that that are going to be heard hundreds of times? Well, I tell you, normally they will uh, script a wide variety. They want, you know, kind of like when you order at a restaurant. We want small, medium, large. It's like punches, hits, kicks, jumps, death screams, not so, not dead yet screams. Uh, (laughs) You know, there's all Mm -hmm. this, this whole variety of things that hopefully will be implemented on the programming side. But, um, as far as protocol goes, when we're recording, if that character has dialogue, we'll record that first and then blow our voice out, you know, screaming to the heavens. I think, I think Dragon Ball Z is like boot camp for today's RPGs, first person shooters and anything that involves a bunch of, ah, you know, so yeah. And nowadays we're smart about it. We have hot tea and, uh, Chinese cough syrup at on demand. <laughs> you know, so you can right. get through the session and everything. Um, so then the challenge becomes how long before your voice gives out. <laughs> so they, they don't tend to schedule screamy sessions that last four hours. I have, I have worked in some of those and it's like, nope. I went back, to, I recorded the first Titanfall game. I had multiple sessions and all you can hear in the final project is occasional background chatter that I did, but they had mm-hmm. all the people record a whole set of dialogue so they can mix and match things in the final mix. So I was just doing tons of battlefield chatter and I was sounding like this at the end of, you know, maybe <laughs> halfway through the four hour session. It was like, uh, can we take a break? <laughs> right. Because it seems like they record all these in big batches. Uh, they do. They do. Yeah. Uh, things evolve. The script evolves more of the storylines or cutscenes. Uh, get animated and uh, changes are made 
and you know it's great for us you know we uh we get to record new dialogue we get to you know we don't get to play the game a lot of people misunderstand that when we're recording it's truly just that it's pure recording process it's never like hands-on playing an alpha or a beta of the game it's never never that although one time i did get to play a little beta of the bleach uh, soul resurrection game on playstation 3 um okay that, that was pretty right. neat yeah it's like okay so this is dynasty warriors but in the air <laughs> <laughs> sure but i it seems like in my um in my recollection it seems like most of the time like when you're doing anime voices like you're not really do you see the like only the storyboards you see like the animation itself or like what do you see during like the like dubbing for anime dubbing for anime the anime 99 percent of the time is of the final product it's what will broadcast in japan it's what's going to show on the streaming services here um sometimes with the broadcast dubs the things that will debut in japanese and english simultaneously sometimes uh, the animation is not quite finished, so we'll see like what looks like a schematic or like a comic book storyboard for certain shots that may not be done yet, but they do have the Japanese audio already pre-recorded, which is another interesting thing that uh, we dub uh, the the finished product, and they actually dub in Japan. They dub over too. They they don't do like what we do with cartoons here, where we record the audio first and then they animate to that. They actually animate first in Japan or Korea or whatever they you know sort outsource a lot of their animation to, and then the Japanese cast gathers together and all records and and basically dubs that way. Whereas here the American version is to record one actor at a time, and the animation is locked in. We can't we can't change any of that so we have to make the performance sound natural conversational true to the original translation and of course match the lip sync right you got to match the lip sync and still have somehow still have chemistry with the other actors like that aren't even in the other room right know? and to somehow make it not sound dubby i don't know it's like and it's oh more, yeah it's more obvious if you watch a lot of uh european shows on netflix if you watch the english dub which a lot of anime voice actors also do we do the english voices on a lot of shows that get imported on netflix um because of the the subtleties of the human mouth and the and the shapes it makes during certain certain words you know it may have the sentence may look like the the guy's ending with a ah sound but we're saying something that ends in o or e or or a consonant and it's like that's a challenge it's like okay this this is obviously dubbed we try our darndest to make it match of course and it is easier with anime because it's just a two-dimensional your mouth is open or it's closed but, yeah, like I think in yeah. anime, most of the time, like there's basically three positions for the mouth to be in most anime. It's like open, half open and closed. Yeah. And the easiest one to do is with uh, the script will say MNS, mouth not shown or mouth not seen. And, you know, they'll do what basically saves them money in animation is just like panning across the back of a character and that character speaking that we like that because we can get more done that way um yeah you don't have to worry about like the sink or the right. flaps at that point yeah i mean 
me doing the narration for Dragon Ball Z is just like, it's not an on-camera character, so I just have to worry about the timing of it. Mm-hmm. And if the character's wearing a mask, like if you're Kakashi on Naruto or something, it's like, oh, Dave Wittenberg's got it made. He didn't have to worry about sync. You just have to <laughs> get in and get out at the right appropriate time code so he's not stepping over the next character's line or or any awkwardness, you know? Right. So, you know, we mentioned double dipping. You voice Kazuichi Soda and Momota Kaito. And I guess we should talk about Danganronpa a little bit on this Danganronpa podcast. Um, so these characters are wildly different from each other, and you delivered a great performance for both of them, Thank genuinely. You. Thank you. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the process of voicing these characters? Um, like, uh, I imagine it's slightly different because since there's no like lip flaps or anything, you're just kind of going with the timing of the game itself. Right, right. We're taking the original Japanese audio track as a guide. And sometimes uh, the video game company will say, okay, this set of lines in the script, we're not worried so much. It doesn't have to match it exactly to the frame. Uh, Others are be like, it absolutely has to. You have to make it fit, even if you have to change the line, but just try to make it match, you know, something like that. So if it's 2.95 seconds long, it can't be three seconds long. You know what I mean? It's got to be, it's got to come in there. And thanks to software, like we use Pro Tools, the recording uh, program, and they can sit there and, you know, exact it down. They could stretch it. They can compress it. Normally, they want to get an organic performance, if possible, to, to match the timing of those things. And, yeah, the cutscenes aren't animated yet, or they're very crudely animated. So we might have something as a guide, or maybe we'll see some, some, some graphics from the game, but the mouth's not animated yet, or it's very, very rough sort of thing. And it's like, all right, so this we have, uh, we don't have the materials yet, so we're just going to wing it. And that happened on Street Fighter. <laughs> Street Fighter 4. Really? The, we, we had all these cutscenes, but they didn't have any of the animation done yet. So we were literally looking at, you know, storyboards. And then it comes out a year later, and it looks like we didn't even try to match the lip sync. And it's like, oh, trust me, we did the best we could, guys. <laughs> yeah, like I I remember playing Street Fighter 4, and it was just like the lip flaps are all over the place. Yeah. Like he still he sounded great. Like I really like your performances, Ryu, quite a bit. Um, but it is, it's just one of those things about like how things are done, I guess. Right, right. And the Danganronpa stuff is uh, a very different, uh, graphic style. Uh, it appears more, uh, I don't know, I guess a little more two dimensional than three. Yeah. Like the characters are more static. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's par for the course with RPGs that I've noticed, you know, through the years. I've I've done, you know, Persona, I've done Fire Emblem, I've done now Danganronpa, and you know, all these things ended up a lot bigger and more popular than I thought they initially were. It's like, <laughs> wow, I am I am old and senile and completely out of, you know, like what 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 are the kids into nowadays? And it's like, oh, the kids my gosh. are in. The kids are into Danganronpa. I so slight personal story. Me and my partner, we cosplay characters from Danganronpa, right? And it is just so funny that we cosplay these characters from a mature rated game, and these like high schoolers like come up to us like, "Oh, we recognize you. We love your character." 
Oh yeah, it's yeah, like, that's a, that's anime for you. That's Japanese culture. It's like uh, okay, the clash of the cultures. I mean, you go on the convention scene, and yeah, there's there, there's a whole there's a whole demographic that are into a genre uh, that uh, you know th- they shouldn't even have access to technically, but they do but anyway. you know what? But bless them, bless them. Well, yeah, the fans. I mean, come on, the. The, the material gets out there and we're all in, in the industry side of it. We're all so grateful that that when things resonate and people are inspired by the characters or they just have a darn good time, you know, they get to escape from reality and, you know, solve a little murder mystery here and there and uh, get to hear us have a bunch of fun bringing these characters to life. Yeah, like I uh, like the Kazuichi character is very interesting to say the least uh-huh um yeah he was he's fun like i particularly like the joke in which um monokuma is about to say something along the lines of like final fantasy and you know kazuichi cuts him off and goes like no 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 don't say that <laughs> we'll get in trouble we didn't pay for the rights to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll have to say you know he looks cool. I dig his, his what, purplish hair and uh, the mechanics mm-hmm. outfit. It's like, okay, I've never played a mechanic before. All right, I'm mm-hmm. down with this. I like his whole shy, uh, shy demeanor. Like, oh, Miss Sonia. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you play a much more confident character with Kaito. Like, he's, you know, much more you know a little full of himself but he's you know the luminary of the stars that's right and he he has echoes of another character well two gohan is the great saiyan man and kamina and gurren lagan so i I played Mm -hmm. those and it felt like luminary of the stars because that's the way team gurren rolls and it's like i just feel like cross-pollinating all these lines together and it's like all right let's mix and match them together it's basically one big character but in three different franchises sure yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh. So, we were mentioning this before. There were some challenges recently. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has had an impact on a lot of different industries, voice acting included. Now, has it changed your process when recording at home or in a studio? Or, you know, how has things changed for you in the past, like, year and a half or so? Well, starting in March of last year, in 2020, when all this stuff went down, the studio was immediately closed. And then there was a, there was this quick hurry. We got to find a solution because there's still production deadlines. We still got to do this. And, you know, for the past several years, we've all been able to at least record auditions from home while the recording sessions were handled in studio. But obviously no one felt safe enough to do that. And sometimes it was mandated by law. It's like, your business cannot be open. It's like, oh, okay. And a lot of us didn't feel safe risking that anyway, because we did not know, you know, and we still don't know everything. But uh, a lot of us had to make investments in upgrading equipment and uh, insulating our recording spaces. Like, my recording space is not a recording booth. It's actually a walk-in closet. And a closet is a great space because everything that's in a closet just absorbs sound. And I've got some acoustic foam on, on parts of the wall. But for the most part, the pillows, the quilts, the clothes, the boxes absolutely do the job. So I'm very, very blessed that I have that sort of space. But I know other people in the community that have dropped hundreds, if not thousands of dollars you know, so so we can't hear uh, the leaf blower or the dog barking or the neighbors. And it's like occasionally, even in pro- in professional recording studios, 
you know, if a car is loud enough, it's like, wait for the car. <laughs> As it goes in the distance, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Now back to recording the lines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we got to make sure our AC is turned off and a, a lot of the people, you know, bless them. They're sitting there sweating to death. Yeah, it's a perfect dead sounding space, but there's no air circulating because the mic would pick that up, right? These mics are so sensitive, they hear your blood flow, you know? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I, you know, I switched to a, um, cath- I think it's like cathoid mics, I forget. I oh, forget off the top cardioid? of Cardioid? Cardioid, that's it. Cathoid's a way different thing. What am I thinking? Um, I switched to a cardioid mic, and when I go into the editing process and it's like, Oh, I'm picking up so much more. I have to edit so much more out <laughs> when I record these podcasts. Yeah, I've um, been learning all sorts of tricks as well. When we did the equipment upgrade, it's like here, so we got to normalize, do all these post-production things to and noise removal tools. There's there's a lot of helpful things that uh, try to minimize work for the engineers who do the post-production side and the mixes and everything. And God bless the engineers. Their their pressure is on, you know, because they're recording through digital programs online, such as Source Connect or Session Link Pro. And what these apps do is basically connect a professional studio with a professional home studio. And we record what's basically a backup. And they record on their end. And, you know, if it's anime dubbing, uh, we need to see some sort of visual that will come on Skype or Zoom. And then, you know, we're running record on our end and we're we're hearing, you know, the direction and all that through the, the app. And that's that's pretty much been it. And we'll, they'll email the script or, you know, drop it in chat. I actually had some 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 weird stuff today earlier in a recording session. Uh, I didn't have the, the exact lines. So th- what the director did was on zoom, he would just copy paste the line <laughs> into the chat. Oh, wow. Oh, it's wow. like, man, how about that for guerrilla style? Here we are. It's like, okay. Back in, it's like back in the days of like recording on the PS one, like, you know, like I heard stories of like guys like Steve Bloom, like recording in a tree house or something. <laughs> oh yeah. I've recorded in closets uh yeah just little shacks it's it, it everyone has you know horror stories or or whatnot i've even recorded stuff that ended up in final mixes uh like on my phone with uh with a mic that's that sounds professional enough that they were able to tweak it in pro tools and, and make it in the mix and i think i did a line or two from a dragon ball z movie either resurrection f or um one of those and uh it's like oh this is cool it's like oh well we got you in the session but we forgot a line thankfully it's just a quick uh you know so can you give me like 10 takes of uh oh yeah <laughs> the good old quintessential o anime you know where every character is huh what uh-huh. and what? i'd be I, and i'd be at a con for the weekend when they email me it's like can this wait till i'm home sunday night it's like no we gotta do it now do you can you get to a studio or can you, you know, and this is before 2020 it's like mm. i i can record it and it'll sound really good on my ipad or my phone it's like okay and then i send it to them they're like that's great thank you you saved us <laughs> that's that's incredible so here's a question for you like who or what inspires you as an artist i think the fact that um i have so much fun doing this i uh, i have so much respect and joy 
from the process of voice acting that it doesn't matter who I'm voicing. It could be a bit part character, or it could be numerous characters all in one session, or stuff just out of left field, or all these different projects. You know, I'll do narration for training videos for, for like deeply mechanical or even medical training things like stuff that I have zero knowledge about, but I have to read this stuff that's being taught to students, you know, shown in like an E-class or whatever. And I have to sound like I'm the professional. So I was like, but I'm the actor. And it's like, I appreciate and I love having a wide variety of things to, to, to look at. And auditions, I consider to be a great opportunity to pretend you got the job. You know, even if they don't hire you, and chances are they don't because it's so competitive and they're looking for something specific. And if they don't hire you, it's not personal. It's not because you're terrible. It's just like, okay, well, it's not meant to be, but hey, at least I'm on this person's radar. If I get on the audition list, at least I'm being heard. I have the audition, uh, the opportunity to treat that audition copy as something as if, all right, here's what I would do if I had this character. And it's like, okay, cool. And uh, I look at that as, all right, so the booking ratio is maybe you audition for 100 things, but you only book like a handful of those. And you start doubting yourself. It's like, am I just terrible at this? Do I need to just get a real job? <laughs> and like, no, you find out that people have been doing this for decades. It doesn't matter what level of success they're at or what experience level. You're gonna, it's going to be feast or famine in this and with all the craziness of the world with the pandemic we're all struggling to 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 make things work and the cons were away and it's like all right we're gonna continue to audition because luckily the voiceover industry continues and it's one of the few industry that actually thrived uh through all this uncertainty mm -hmm. yeah so last question for you mm -hmm. If you could deliver one perfect message that is perfectly understood by everyone in the world, what would that be? Uh, be kind to one another. I think it's so much easier to be nice uh, in a world where social media, and I love social media, but the negativity and the toxicity out there, whether it's in fandoms or just people who, who disagree on a political level or whatever, it's just gotten so bad that people write off each other's friendships or, or family ties. And it's just so sad, you know, it, it's not even just the wars and, and, and awful things that, that happen around the world. It's like, even at home are, are just basic human compassion and empathy for, for people. And it's like, all right, well, this guy's a jerk. It's like, yeah, well, you don't know what he went through. You know, maybe he was a, he was happy until something devastating happened. And yeah, he lashed out and it was wrong, but you know, it's, and it's, it's, it's a, it's an uphill battle. It is a struggle for people, especially if you're the kind that has road rage. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what happened to this guy that he totally nearly cut me off and almost got us in a wreck. It's like, who knows? Maybe he's driving his wife to the hospital because she's about to give birth. You know, there's all these different circumstances. So I think, you know, try 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 to work through uh talk through conflict don't 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 fight don't fight fire with fire try to de-escalate try and keep things calm uh this place would be a lot better a lot more you know if we were zen I, I, <laughs> if i had any control i would force therapy to be in the schools 
Wouldn't that, how cool, how, how well-adjusted functioning adults would we all be if we had counseling that was required by school that, that would work with your, your parents so they have the right tools to raise you and you have the right tools and you learn life skills? Because once you graduate high school, you're noticing how different the real world is. And certainly after college, if you do the college route, it's like, wow, let's uh, work. Can we just go back in time and teach life skills to people? Let's go back to kindergarten where we're taught to be nice with everybody, you know? Right, right. Be nice. But, you know, it's like it doesn't need to be about, well, you participated, so you get a medal and you get a medal. It's like, ah, come on, guys. Yeah. So. All right. So is there anything that you would like to plug? Anything you would like to shout out? Um, I really appreciate you coming on. So I oh, give you an opportunity. Wanted to give you an opportunity to plug whatever you've been working on or whatever you like. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, people can find me most active on Twitter and Instagram at Kyle Hebert, K-Y-L-E-H-E-B-E-R-T. I... I stream on Twitch three times a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays at uh, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. My channel is called Gohan with Your Own Bad Self. Um, <laughs> I'll be getting back in the podcasting game soon. I'm starting a, a Geek News review podcast uh, just by myself. I'm calling it the Intergalactic Boombox, which is something I also call my Discord, discord.gg slash Bear. And, the, and that name basically comes back from my radio days. Before I was in voiceover, I was a DJ on the radio, and I had this whole uh, gimmick, I guess, uh, a skit. I would act like Robin Williams or Jim Carrey and have all these sound effects and act like I'm on a spaceship. And I'd play music and pretend that it's just beaming across the galaxy and all that. So it's like I'm just uh, continuing something I did decades ago. That. That's that's cool, though. I appreciate that. <laughs> and of course, I want to thank you and all the fans for embracing this franchise and um, giving us this opportunity to to play. To, it's like a literal playground for us. We love that we get to, to play all these very interesting uh, characters with depth and everything. This is why the Japanese culture is so great. They they they, they make characters that resonate with people. Yeah, like. Danganronpa is a very important, you know, series to me. That's why I made the podcast with my friends, you know, and I appreciate what you were able to like bring to the table. You well, know? thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, we, we have fun and our job when we're recording is to make the director happy and all that. And then we hear nothing for months or sometimes years and then it comes out. And then, like, you know, we finally get the feedback and people start tweeting you. It's like, hey, I heard you in such and such. And then I will have recorded on so many things in between that I forgot that I recorded that. And it's like, oh, wait, that's out. It's like, wait, I'm in that. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Kyle, for coming on to the show. I really appreciate uh, coming out. This has been great. And until next time, everybody, uh, class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>